In this episode, I'm excited to talk to you about how I, in both a high school classroom setting and currently in a college classroom setting, have built a flexible curriculum that regularly embeds current events. I talk a lot about the purpose of doing this and why it's important to do it, but in this episode, I'm breaking down how to do it. Lyons, and I love helping school communities envision bold possibilities, take brave action to make those dreams a reality, and sustain an inclusive, anti-racist culture where all students thrive. I'm a former teacher leader turned instructional coach, educational consultant, and leadership scholar. If you're a leader in the education world, whether you're a principal, superintendent, instructional coach, or a classroom teacher excited about school-wide change like I was, you are a leader. And if you enjoy nerding out about the latest educational books and podcasts, if you're committed to a lifelong journey of learning and growth and being the best version of yourself, you're going to love the Time for Teachership podcast. Let's dive in. So in this episode, I'm really excited to break down how we embed current events into a justice-centered curriculum. So I've talked a lot about this. I want to really tell you, you know, what the steps are to do this in your own classes and really walk through how I've done this in both high school and college setting. So let's start with step one. Step one would be to pick a protocol for discussing current events with your students. This could be a literal discussion protocol where students are talking verbally. This could be a written discussion protocol where students are writing on a discussion board or some sort of chat-based you know, Zoom room or Google Meet option where you're video conferencing and students are entering into the chat or another platform like a Padlet. But there's some sort of discussion and conversation going on with regard to the current event itself. It could also be paired with another protocol that might be more based in text analysis. So this could be a text annotation protocol where you might have students reading an article about a current event or otherwise consuming some sort of media, whether it's a video news clip or a podcast episode or a clip of a podcast episode. Students are consuming the current event. They have some sort of journaling prompt or text annotation or something like that to interact with the text and have some independent think time and then move into the discussion. So whatever those protocols are, I would choose one that has historically been really engaging for students. They've really latched on and generated a lot of deep discussion. And again, you could protocol stack. So you could have one that starts with more of an independent reflection and then go to kind of a larger class conversation. Protocol I use interchangeably with activities. So what's the activity that enables students to have these conversations as a class? And it doesn't always need to be whole class, right? It could be in breakout rooms and small groups. Whatever logistically your class setup looks like is probably going to inform what protocol and mechanism of how you enact that protocol, what that looks like in your class. So step one, pick a protocol for discussing current events. My favorites have always been circle protocol. So a conversation where every student really has the opportunity to weigh in and just share something in response to the current event or the topic at hand. This could be an emotion. This could be a analytical reaction. I'll talk more about circles later in this episode, but that's definitely one for me. Another one, if you want to make it a little bit more 
academic or analytical, you could do a series of lessons leading up to a more formalized or more academic protocol like a Socratic seminar. If a bunch of things are happening at once around the same theme, I also like something like a gallery walk. Again, you could do this in person or digitally in a virtual space. These are kind of my favorite protocols for engaging with current events or texts. And by texts, I mean things that can be read or be viewed or be listened to that surround current events. I also, in one of the last tips I'm going to give you, talk about kind of letting the students lead and handing over the ownership of curriculum discussion and current event discussion to them. Another protocol you may use is something that is student-based. So like student presentations, for example, teachers who I have coached like to use that protocol for current events. So number one, pick a protocol for discussing current events, then build in the protocol into your flexible unit arc. So I've spoken before about a unit arc. This is the progression of lesson activities that occur over the course of a unit. So if we start with like a hook lesson that really sparks engagement, often I actually use current events to hook students into the unit. So current events can certainly be used at that point in the unit. But then I usually have an ongoing pattern. Each week I have a repeating pattern of things that occur in the class. And so one of those days in your kind of weekly mini arc within the unit arc, could be a discussion of current events. And so if you build that protocol into your flexible unit arc, you have this repeated opportunity to engage students in discussion around current events. It's actually built in to your ongoing unit arc. So you don't have that problem of needing to pause curriculum because you've already built in a very flexible unit. And again, when we go kind of a step back, we need to make sure that we're not trying to cover all of the content and every single fact in a textbook. A lot of this really requires a fundamental rethinking of what it is that we're teaching and how much we're expecting teachers to teach and students to pick up and internalize and memorize and regurgitate and all that stuff. When we fundamentally rethink how we do curriculum, it opens up opportunities for us to be more flexible in the design of our curriculum. So with that in mind, if we had four really deep project-based units that were centered in justice over the course of a year, as opposed to 20 units or even 10 units, we enable a lot more depth over breadth. We reduce that coverage mindset that all too often does not result in student learning. And we enable ourselves to create these flexible unit arcs that incorporate on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, some sort of regular basis, a discussion of current events so that we don't need to press pause on what we planned to do. And this is part of what we plan to do. We recognize that events are occurring all the time and it's just up to us to bring those into the classroom and make those connections to the content. Step number three, which I kind of teased out a little bit already, let students lead. So once your protocol is established and practiced, You've built it into your flexible unit arc, and students are really comfortable engaging with that discussion-based protocol or text analysis protocol or whatever it is. Then you open up the opportunities to have students lead the discussions, to have students select the current event that we're talking about or the, the topic that maybe several current events relate to, or the specific media, again, the text, the podcast clip, the news clip on video, whatever it is that you want to bring in and have students talk about. So opening up those conversations and opening up the platform for how they're discussed 
maybe students are picking the protocol um, in addition to the actual text and topic itself. I think this is a great way if you want to keep the protocol the same, students are familiar with that. They don't have to plan a full lesson because they know the protocol is already in place that's been practiced and it's become routine for the class. What they then have to do is just bring in a concrete topic, perhaps a video, and then a concrete question. And I'll share with you at the end of this episode, a resource that I usually give to students to help facilitate a discussion that is student-led around a current event. And I've seen some really amazing student-led conversations about current events as a result of using this template and really amplifying student voice and ownership of these discussions. Step four would be for a teacher who is just ready to dive into current events, but may not have an understanding of how to redesign the curriculum fully. Maybe they're not teaching for justice regularly, or they're not able to build in the current event discussions in an ongoing way into a repeatable unit arc because they're not able to redesign units at this point. The next step after maybe having a protocol for discussing current events and doing it a few times, getting students familiar with it, maybe even letting students lead, the next step would be to make sure each unit is centered in justice and each unit is built out in a flexible way. That's really taking it to this larger conversation about curriculum design and making sure that connection to current events becomes seamless because in every lesson, in every unit, in every project, we're teaching for justice. So that's a larger conversation that I've had in other podcast episodes. But what I think is really important here is this idea that it takes a lot of rethinking, a lot of unlearning of how we've traditionally done curriculum development and instruction in our classes. If we want to embed really deep justice-based conversations, if we want to talk about current events with our students and not see it as a press pause on the curriculum to do this thing that's totally divorced from what we're doing, it really requires a high level unit design, right? A rethinking of these core ideas of covering all of the content, thinking about how do we teach for depth over breadth? How do we repeat these protocols? So discussing justice and discussing current events related to justice and injustice are routine for students. And then how that scaffolds up to be able to let students lead these conversations. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. Just to kind of recap what these four steps are, pick a protocol first for discussing current events. This should be one that works for your students and for the platform you're currently in, whether you're virtual, in-person, hybrid. Number two, build the protocol into your flexible unit arc. So this is all about repetition, getting students really comfortable with the protocol and with discussing current events in the context of justice. And step number three, letting students lead. So once the protocol is established or practiced, really ensuring they feel they can bring in a current event topic of their own. They can bring in a piece of media or song they listen to and say, hey, we want to talk about this in relation to what we've been learning, the themes of justice throughout the year. And they can also lead that conversation in the class. Finally, step number four, make the connection to curriculum seamless by centering justice in each unit, in each project, in each lesson. So now I want to talk to you a little bit about how I did this. So those are my recommendations. I've done this in both a high school class setting and also an undergraduate college class setting. And so I'll talk to you a little bit, recognizing that there are differences, of course, in scheduling in addition to other things. For context, I was in person in my high school classes. This was pre-pandemic. I met with them four times a week for 60 minutes each day. One of those four days, 25% of my weekly curriculum was circles that were either based in 
current events or some other kind of personal relevant connection to what was happening in the world or their lives. So this was our opportunity to really make the class and school more broadly relevant for students. Again, just to give a percentage here, because I know people in different subject areas, people in different school contexts see students for a different amount of time each week in their schools. And so once a week for me was the equivalent of 25% of the minutes that I saw students in a week, 25% was dedicated to current events. So when I talk about flexibility in the curriculum, we had 25% of our weekly time together to be able to bring in current events. And now I definitely had opportunities ahead of time to plan out, you know, well, if there isn't like something that feels very relevant or that I can really identify or my students can identify in the the news or whatever is happening in their own lives that feels relevant to our class at that moment, I could definitely do some other lesson that felt really relevant. Maybe it was a current event from a year ago or something. I would have a backup plan, of course, because a lot of this is being able to plan on the fly, plan, you know, the day before for something that's happening the next day. And I know, particularly for myself as a planner, this can be a challenge uh, for teachers who really like to plan ahead of time or who need to plan ahead of time to submit lesson plans ahead of time to administrators. So administrators, this is one of the challenges if we want students to be engaged and we want teachers to be responsive to students' engagement needs and just what's going on in the world. We also need to have that flexibility ourselves with how we ask for lesson plans ahead of time, right? And we we need to be able to equip teachers with the tools to be able to be flexible. And we need to make sure that our rules or expectations are flexible as well to enable that flexibility for teachers and, and thus engagement for students. For me, this protocol I used was circles. Again, we did it once a week. I would say after about a month, so about four four to six circles, maybe a month and a half, I would try to open it up to students. We had a lot of students who were interested in developing circles. At one point, I think I made it a required project that once a year, you just had to develop your own circle and you could co-lead it with another one or two students as well. So it didn't have to be just you facilitating the circle all by yourself. You were bringing in a topic that was really important to you or interesting or a current event or a piece of media. Students had an opportunity to lead and facilitate that conversation. They would share with me kind of the outline that I gave them to fill out ahead of time. So I knew what was going to happen and I could give them just a little bit of feedback. But for the most part, their questions were really engaging for students to be able to answer and address. And their sense of facilitation in the moment was really powerful and spot on. Most of the time, if they had to step in and course correct or remind a student of a circle agreement, they were able to do that pretty seamlessly and I think more effectively than I was as the teacher. And I, as the teacher, got to sit in the circle as a student, as a participant, and engage and share my own opinion, which was really fun because students were able to see me share my opinion just as an individual. The students really got to step into that role and be the facilitator. I think it was really powerful that they didn't see me as the teacher in that moment. They didn't look to me as having the answer that was more important than anyone else's answer. It was truly, we're all sitting in this conversation together and we all get to see each other in these different lights of stepping up to lead or stepping back to be a you know, participant. Now in my undergraduate classes, currently we are in a purely virtual model for my particular class. Also, I see them less often. So I see them for 75 minutes, two times a week for a total of 
two and a half hours for an entire week versus the four hours with my high school students. But my percentage has actually increased now Given that I see them two days a week, we have one day that we've actually been using for the most part is asynchronous. There's an option to have these synchronous touch points. And I've spoken about that in previous episodes, but for the most part, the asynchronous task or 50% of the time is students engaging with other students in a virtual discussion board. This is a discussion thread. We use the learning management system, Google classroom, and each week students are expected to share their responses and their analysis and their connections to assigned reading, and then also bring in an external resource. So some sort of outside source, some sort of current event or article that they found in doing research around a question that they had, they're bringing in new information constantly into the class. And because I have 30 students in that class, it's 30 new pieces of information that they did not have as part of their assigned reading. And most of these are current events based. So they have that space for our asynchronous class time each week. And then our live class time for each week, we use them as application days. And so we do case studies. We may review the readings really briefly. The majority of that class is a case study, which is effectively a current event that is relevant to the theme that we've been talking about that week. And we have this opportunity for students to discuss in various protocols so that students can really practice engaging with these current event conversations through the lens of justice and using the concepts of the class that they were able to read about, listen to, watch through videos in the assigned text for the week. So the format is definitely still a conversation, but instead of using a talking piece, we have kind of an informal period of time where we are exploring the case study by having students unmute and speak who feel comfortable or use the chat who feel comfortable. And then we also have moments where if I feel like the conversation is dominated by one person, or if some students just don't feel comfortable speaking, we have other protocols that we use pretty regularly. So one is a waterfall chat. So that is having every student type into the chat, their response to something. So maybe one of the questions that I pose for discussion students are typing the response to whatever question you ask into the chat, but they're not hitting enter yet. So you really give dedicated think time. So students are not being distracted by what's happening in the chat, by what someone else is submitting while they're still thinking or typing. They don't have that idea that, oh, someone else said this, so I don't have to talk anymore. And then after a designated period of time, usually about two to three minutes of thinking and typing time, I will say go and everyone hits enter at the same time. And it really becomes this waterfall of chat messages. Then we take two to three minutes of dedicated read time where we can go back and see all of the different chat messages. This is great because it picks up on patterns. Again, the student who was thinking the same thing as someone else who pressed enter before them might not speak. And so now we see, wow, these students did have these, this common idea here that keeps showing up or, wow, I'd never have heard that student share anything before. And that's coming up because they knew that it wouldn't just be all eyes on them as soon as they hit enter. There were 30 different messages coming through the chat at the same time. So waterfall chat is a great protocol to use. I also like using breakout rooms. And after some feedback from my classes last year that breakout rooms would often be silent, what I've chosen to do this year is use a Google doc where we're just capturing in a very, very simple doc, right? It's like a table with nine rows. If there's nine groups, for example, the questions as headers of each column so it reminds students of the questions and it also provides some accountability. So I can see which group is not typing anything and I can kind of get a sense of the patterns of 
themes and ideas that are coming up before we come back into our whole group debrief, which then enables me to think about some scaffolding questions to push the thinking if the thinking is really surface level and we need to do some deeper analysis. A final piece that I've used in breakout rooms is just the pop-in. So I have turned my mic off, turned my camera off and let students know I will be popping in really quickly just to see how things are going. And if there's silence for 10 seconds, when I pop in, I'm going to unmute and, you know, turn my video on and just ask, you know, what's going on? Do you need some help here and check in with folks for students who are just really engaged? Like I hear in just the 10 second pop in multiple students speaking, everybody's really engaged. Their document is being filled out. I just leave. And I'm just like, all right, this is great. So these are some things that help make breakout rooms for me and my class, like a lot better than previous semesters. And so that's been really helpful as well. And then, as I said, we come back together after breakouts and we usually have about 10 minutes at this point to really debrief, push the thinking a little bit more collectively. I usually try to frame our debrief as well in the context of a project. So we always have kind of a project we're working on because I do a lot of project driven units. And so I will connect some of the questions back to the project and say, if I were grading our class discussion here on the project rubric for this upcoming project, here's what I would say. And here's the push I would give. So can anyone add some analysis? Because we're lacking a little bit of depth in this conversation in this area. So let's, let's hear from people around that, right? And then they can add to the chat or unmute and the informal conversation kind of continues. So those are my top four steps for building a flexible curriculum that regularly embeds current events into your class. I gave you an example of how I did this in the high school in-person class and my undergraduate virtual class. So I hope this was helpful in just thinking through how do we actually do this thing that I've been talking about for a while now. As I mentioned, I want to give you my circle planning template, which was really helpful for me in building current events-based conversational prompts for my classes, both for me as a teacher, I used this protocol. And then I also gave this template to my students to help them plan their current event conversation facilitation. I will drop that free resource in the show notes, but I will also let you know the bit.ly link is bit.ly slash plan circles. I'm so excited to hear what you are doing in your class to embed current events into your regular ongoing everyday conversations. Thanks for listening, amazing educators. If you loved this episode, you can share it on social media and tag me at Lindsay Beth Alliance or leave a review of the show so leaders like you will be more likely to find it. To continue the conversation, you can head over to our Time for Teachership Facebook group and join our community of educational visionaries. Until next time, leaders, continue to think big, act brave, and be your best self. Thank you.